welcome to Beyond Sunday, and I'm glad you could join us with me is Adrian Singaris. Did I mispronounce your last name? Cares, uh, and Diane Rutledge, <laughs> Hello. Um, our Walnut Creek campus pastor and Brentwood campus pastor. Glad you could join us. Yeah. So you me. each were able to preach live. Uh, you in Walnut Creek, Adrian and Diane, you in Brentwood. Ingold preached in Livermore this weekend, and um, he's had enough time on Beyond Sunday, so <laughs> mm-hmm. he needs a break. That's he's good. on timeout, Beyond Sunday timeout. <laughs> um, no, but I'm, I'm excited to uh, unpack your messages a little bit more and this text. There's so much in the second half of Philippians chapter one. Mm. Um, you guys did an amazing job. I, I mean, I, the theme that we had at every campus uh, that was all tied together was the whole idea of our suffering, the chains, the hard times we go through mm-hmm. is uh, the things that God often uses in the most powerful ways to advance the gospel. Right. If we yeah. let him. Right. But that's not easy. No. And so I, I appreciate how the sensitivity with which you guys approached that topic, but also encouraged us and challenged us to um, to think about what are those moments that have been really hard for us. Some of them are going through, some of us are going through those moments now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Others of us, we are looking back at those hard times and thinking about, okay, how is God, how is that still being effective in terms of God is using that hard time for me to do ministry? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's easier to have hindsight about your difficult circumstances. You're, you know, you can look back on your suffering and then see God moving and, you know, you have victory over it now yeah. or perhaps you, you're far enough past it that it's not as painful. So I think it's really hard to have a heavenly perspective when you're in the middle of your circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that was really what I wanted to um, lean into this weekend was that idea that right now in your mm-hmm. current circumstance, God is doing something and it's serving a purpose, that it's not in vain. And so that was really important for me because mm-hmm. that helped me. And it lot. was true to the text because Paul was exactly. right experiencing that joy in the yeah. middle of the suffering. It wasn't two Absolutely. years later well, when he was referencing back. And, right. And that's the beautiful thing about it is that uh, pain is the great unifier. Yeah. Nobody goes through life without feeling pain, feeling trapped and being, uh, being in a situation that they can't wait to look back on to get through. But if we can, in the midst of that, recognize that how we endure, how we process mm-hmm. through that can bring us closer to Christ, but also, uh, like the text says, give confidence to those around us, then mm-hmm. that unity that we have with the whole world allows other people to look in and say, wait, how come I don't go through my pain like that? Mm-hmm. How come my pain is, just sucks and doesn't encourage other people and isn't encouraging to me? Mm-hmm. But for people who know Jesus, we can look back, like mm-hmm. you're saying, and say, man, I didn't like it. I don't want to go back there. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I may not want to change that or trade it because mm-hmm. I'm a different person. I'm closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm healthier mm-hmm. because of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's obviously true for me as well. My, the darkest times in my life, the most difficult times in life, are the times where I grew the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was challenged the most. I stretched, mm-hmm. and I became a much better. My faith grew, and it was there was things about me that needed to die. Mm. And if it wasn't for suffering. Suffering is one of the greatest tools God uses as part of the sanctification process to grow us. And mm-hmm. I love how Paul in, um, where are we? Verse 27 of chapter one, he says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. And just the, the way, the way his tone is throughout this chapter. And then you combine that with him saying, whatever happens, mm-hmm. he's at a point in his life where, there's almost like a, um, well, uh, let me say it another way. I think most of us get 
surprised when the hard times come. And it takes us even a while to get over the shock of, I can't believe that Mm -hmm. God would let this stupid, and you can throw cuss words in because Mm -hmm. usually that's what you want to say in those times of your life. Right. That, like, we can't even get past that part of the process because we we had a different plan. Mm-hmm. We we envision life going a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's just too big of a stumbling block for us to even get out of the negative thoughts of the reality of this is even happening to me. Whereas when I read Paul, he's like, whatever happens, there's almost like an expectation of, yeah, a bunch of junk's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. whatever happens, here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like Peter writes, or is it James? It says, hey, do not be surprised, brothers. Mm-hmm. when the junk hits the yeah. fan. He's like, mm-hmm. don't be surprised. That's what happens in life. Yeah. Um, but be prepared for it and know how you're going to process through it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Paul is. Paul's at the point where he's like, I've seen enough stuff. I've been beaten enough times. I've been Shipwrecked. thrown in jail. And again, yeah. I've got this long list of bad st- stuff that's happened that I'm not surprised by. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like he's looking forward like, but what's the next It's thing? not mm-hmm. a, hey, a bunch of bad stuff's going to happen pessimism. Mm-hmm. No. Like there's a depth of hopefulness to what we were referencing earlier of like, I know that when I go through a hard time, mm-hmm. something incredible is going to come out of that. And so I'm not like right. a masochist where I'm like eager for yeah, hard absolutely. things mm-hmm. to, to happen and hurt me. Right. But I know it. So mm-hmm. Sean and I have talked about this in our marriage. We had um, just recently we had um, conflict and a fight and she was just being terrible and I had to confront her. No, she's Oh, kidding. yeah. I'm so sure. Um, Sean, we, we don't believe that. No, not at all. <laughs> no, we had we had conflict and what usually happens is it leads to a a season of deeper connection Mm -hmm. after you work through it. Mm -hmm. And we actually, in the middle of the connection that came after for sometimes that last weeks where you just like reached another level, we actually had the comment of like, a part of me looks forward to our next conflict because Mm -hmm. I know we're gonna be able to take another step Mm -hmm. forward, even though there's recognition of the conflict sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the moment we don't want it, but When you have that hindsight viewpoint, it's like, Mm -hmm. actually, okay, bring it on because I'm excited about what can come out of that. Right. And the intimacy with God that comes through that. And that's the assurance that Paul had, right? He's like, with every step of suffering that I've had, I've had this deeper connection with God, which is why he can sound a little bit cavalier in this. Yeah. Right, that's a, yeah, that's a great word, cavalier, because the word I was thinking of is it's almost like he's a little flippant. Yeah. Like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know what I'm going to choose, if I'm going to stay or if I'm going to go mm-hmm. be, with Jesus. Right. It does. It's cavalier mm-hmm. almost. Like, hey, I know who's in charge, right. so I don't have to be bogged down by details. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's my story with Jesus. With every trial that I've walked through, it had I had an opportunity to either distance myself from God or to press yeah. into God and to – to gain a deeper understanding of trusting him and the depth of his care for me despite my circumstances. And so I think that that's actually what Paul was experiencing. He was like, okay, another trial is going to come and I get to see a whole new aspect of who God is and his faithfulness and his goodness through that trial. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think the, you know, you mentioned intimacy and I think the big thing is when we go through these these challenging times, when we go through suffering, uh, if we can recognize that God is in control, and if God chose to remove the suffering from us, he absolutely has the power and the ability to do it. But if he chooses not to, mm-hmm. we can look, we have to ask, is God still loving? Right. Does he still love me? And if he does, how do I go through this process differently? Mm-hmm. And when you read Paul, you feel like, man, he's come to some real healthy conclusions about that. Mm-hmm. He's still saying, hey, God is going to be honored. I know that he loves me and I can't wait to go be with him. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if that's going to be today or some yeah. other time. Right. And it's a different perspective than... Mm-hmm. I have when I go through suffering. 
mm-hmm. but the relationship aspect of looking at it like you know you and Sean in a marriage relationship if we can process it in that very personal relational mm. way with Jesus saying Jesus yeah. I don't know what you're doing but I still know you love me mm-hmm. in the same way that if Tanya and I are in a fight I might say Tanya I don't know what you're doing but I know you're on my team, so I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, or I'm willing to follow your lead on this. Mm. It's much healthier when we look at it in that relational aspect and realize, man, the one who loves us most and knows us best is the one who's allowing us, allowed Paul mm. to be in chains in Rome. Mm-hmm. You know, And that affected the way he went through all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, we skipped over a little bit the fact that Paul talks about how some people preach out of, really bad motivations out of Mm self-interest and he's not too worried about it. Mm -mm. I think that's for me, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I don't know what application really to draw to that. It's frustrating because I wish I could be like that for me. It's just like I get angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think some of it is personal, but some of it also is there's this weird defensiveness Mm -hmm. on behalf of Jesus as if Jesus needs me to defend him Mm -hmm. and say that person shouldn't be teaching, Mm -hmm. you know, or that person shouldn't be teaching that. And, Mm-hmm. You look at Paul, much more mature than I, saying, like, who cares? Mm-hmm. If people are talking about Jesus, if people are moving incrementally towards Jesus, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. That's there was this um, pastor that I went to a church in New Zealand when I was um, living over there, and and he was doing some crazy things that I just wasn't familiar with, and it just felt fake to me. And so I remember sitting in the back of the room, just yeah. observing the room and being like, there's some weird stuff happening here. And so in my spirit, I discerned it as false teaching, just like this isn't accurate. And a friend went forward and she prayed for healing and he laid his hands on her and slayed her and prayed for her. And she walked away from that experience healed. And she had had severe allergies her whole life. And I remember coming home from that and talking with one of our pastors on staff and I was explaining to him what happened. He said, nothing will rock our faith more, theology more than when God moves through bad teaching. Mm -hmm. And, And it's what Paul's saying in this context, he's like, if Christ is preached, yeah. then Christ is preached. And God and the Spirit of God is going to work through that. And so it's very humbling, too, to know that even us as teachers, we don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And so when people look to us, it's like God and the Holy Spirit are in charge of this. For sure. So yeah. it's a very releasing thing. But, yeah, I mean, I yeah. get frustrated, too. People in Wanna Creek grew closer to Christ this weekend. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well. You know what I mean? Like, it can <laughs> still happen. <laughs> it can still happen. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. I love it. Uh, just kidding. No, it's, I mean... Paul's just his, his, I don't feel like, I feel like this is, um, this is later Paul. Yeah. I feel like other version, other letters he's written, he's not as casual. Right. Like when he, before Rome, Paul. Right. Yeah. He's closer to the end. He's not as, some of the other letters he's, he, he wrote, he's way more aggressive in terms mm-hmm. of, wait, there's a false teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going after them. Mm-hmm. So you could almost see yeah. like, I, and he okay. had the freedom to go after them, too, because he wasn't in chains. So he actually yeah. could kind yeah. of do a little bit more legwork in that. I feel like that. he could from Rome, though, too. Like, if he wanted to just okay. rip all those people, yeah. he totally could have in his mm. letter. Yeah, he could have dropped some names saying, hey, this guy's teaching and selfish ambition. Yeah. Mm. Go make him stop. Which people yeah. in your life have been he, false teachers? You want to name some? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a fun conversation Okay. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Another question I have or thought is just the the, the phrase of um, to die is gain and to live is Christ. Like, mm-hmm. what do you what do you make of that? It's almost that's a famous phrase, but it's it's actually weird when you think about <laughs> well, it. It's interesting because you said earlier that there were some things in you going through the hard times that had to die, and when you said that, I immediately connected to this to that phrase: for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Um, 
And I wonder if, I mean, we're, we're talking about Paul going through a pretty rough time. And I wonder if he's looking at this from the same perspective saying like, hey, there needs to be some death. You know, like John the Baptist says, I must decrease, you must increase. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that statement is a little bit about like, hey, life and all the beauty and growth and health that comes from life is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's saying, I need more of that. Um, and mm-hmm. and death is, I get to be with him. Mm-hmm. But the life part is the beauty of like becoming more like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that idea of... Um, I mean, you're speaking. He's speaking about it literally, but if we think about it metaphorically, where yeah. it's this idea of us dying, um, that's part of our resurrection in Christ on this side of eternity, right? We don't actually die, but parts of us do die, and so that's really cool to think about how Christ is crucifying the flesh still, mm-hmm. even while we're alive. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, Jesus referred to himself as life, yeah. like he is life. And so he's, he's taking us outside of just his human limitations and he's referring to himself mm-hmm. in all the fullness of who he is and mm-hmm. referring to himself as God and as life. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I think we, we limit Jesus in the sense of we, we think of him as a, in the three years that he was here in a human body yeah. and kind of limit him sometimes to that and, and sometimes forget the breadth and like the mm-hmm. mind-blowing bigness of who he, he is life itself. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and Paul staying on earth um, is he's, he's staying in like this life that's here on earth, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's almost like the same is true. Like there's not that as much distinction between life. Like he's still in Christ either way. Like he's, right. he's fully living life, yeah. whether mm-hmm. he stays or goes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the big, you know, of what you're saying, but there's also the really small, like practical of for him to live is to emulate Jesus, is mm-hmm. to live the life pattern of Christ, of serving and loving and caring for others, which is what he says, like, hey, that's what's pushing me to want to be here longer. Mm-hmm. But if it was just up to me, uh, I want to go to the party that's in heaven with Jesus. I want to go to that too. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm on board. I don't know about that. Verdict's still out. <laughs> the verdict is still out. <laughs> if I'm going to make it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll put in that's a good true. word for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I get, you'll be my plus one. <laughs> But that's amazing that it's the the broadness of all of creation, all of life, but it's also the very specifics of how do I live five minutes from now Mm -hmm. and emulate Christ, live in that pattern Mm -hmm. to demonstrate who he is, to become him, to be conformed to his image. And his motivation for staying was because he knew that his purpose wasn't finished, right? Like there were still people that he needed to serve and encourage. And I think that that is something that we can kind of take on as a takeaway. Like we know we want to emulate Christ in all of our actions. And so while we're living, like to live is Christ, but our purpose in that is to care for other people and to encourage other people and that our life has significance and value no matter what our circumstances are. And so I think that that was Paul's big takeaway from this for the Philippian church was, Mm -hmm. hey, like I'm still um, prospering in my mission yeah. here, yeah. even though I'm in chains. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to stay here and I'm going to remain here with you because of that. Well, and it sounds like he has, you know, where he says, I don't know what I'm going to do. It almost sounds like he is, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about, it feels like he's so close to Jesus that if he were to say, Jesus, just take me now, Jesus would be like, all right. <laughs> okay. But mm-hmm. he also recognizes when the work isn't done. And I was I was thinking about this older woman. I, I knew this woman who was a missionary in Africa that came back to the United States, and she was in a, a care facility, and she couldn't get out of bed. So I knew her for four years and would go visit her, mm-hmm. and she would always pray for all the pastors on staff, and she would pray for anyone 
who is in need. Mm. Um, and I would visit her and we would pray. And it was, she was this incredible prayer warrior. And mm. I remember going to visit her and she, her health had not changed at all, mm -hmm. but she said, I, I think I'm going to go home soon. And I said, well, what's the matter? She goes, nothing's the matter, but I think my time is done. Mm. And I said, no, 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 you're going to be fine, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to see you in a week. And within three days, she passed away. Wow. Mm. But I think with that intimacy with Jesus, at a certain point, like you're saying, you know when your mm. mission's completed. And she knew, okay, mm. my time is done. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go to the party. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, man, I would love to know mm. and have that peace. She was, like, excited about it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like she was in mourning. She was like, all right, I've been stuck in this bed Finally. for long enough. And yeah. Jesus is now saying... It's up to you. Mm. And she's going, okay, if I get to vote, I'm going there. That's beautiful. That's, yeah. That was cool. That was really cool. Anything else that you read in the text that you were assigned and, and really get, didn't get to touch on as much that was hard to skip over? Because mm. it's hard. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in the 30-minute message, it's, it's there's so many good verses There's here. a lot. I feel like, I mean, my congregation might feel differently, but I feel like I, I was able to to cover a lot of it. I mean, that's a lot of verses to cover, and there's you so did, many yeah. different points. But my yeah. just the, my favorite piece of this was that our story encourages someone else, mm -hmm. and I think that that was just my biggest takeaway personally from this section is knowing that. Um, when we share our burdens with each other, you don't have to keep it to yourself. You don't have to keep your suffering isolated. Um, the enemy would love nothing more than to tell us, like, you're the only one going through this. You're, um, if people find out what you're struggling with, you know, they're, they're going to be ashamed of you. You have reason to be ashamed. And so, but the truth is, is that when we share what we're going through, all of a sudden we become encouraged ourselves and the people who we're sharing with become encouraged. And then together our faith becomes bolder. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was my favorite part that I didn't really get to lean into. I think that a lot of times when we're suffering, we want to isolate ourselves. So yeah. press into community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's important. Normally we run from others and from Jesus when we struggle. Yeah. And the opposite is what we're called to do. Right. I think to answer your question, the thing that we didn't get to get into is Paul has this statement where he drops and says, I hope and expect that I won't be ashamed mm. by how he goes through this. And mm. it's, you know, for me, it's easy to, to jump to, well, he would be ashamed if he denied his faith or if he whimpered while he was getting his monthly beating or whatever or complained. Uh, but I don't think in the context of what we read that that's what he's thinking about what would cause him to be ashamed. Mm. I think the absence of inspiring others i think the absence of the the mm. kingdom expanding is what he's talking about mm. i think he's saying i hope and expect that i won't be ashamed because the kingdom of god is going to continue to progress while i'm suffering mm -hmm. in the midst of because of how i go through the suffering and that's really interesting to me to mm. think about like when i'm in pain i'm not thinking about how i'm going to be ashamed if others don't see jesus in it I'm just thinking of, I just want this to get through, and I don't want to be embarrassed by right. whether I'm, you know, complaining too much or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that it's another level um, that really comes from Paul being so connected to Jesus and being able to remind himself of the good news while he's in prison mm -hmm. and the good things that are happening around him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. And yeah. a great job this weekend. Thank you. And we're going to continue on as we uh, head into Chapter 2 of Philippians next week. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you later.